Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 833-999-1877 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Hey guys, you're listening to episode 114. This is part two of the episode with Mario and Santi. If you haven't listened to part one, we recommend you go back and listen to the first one. Sometimes people think that, like, if I found that perfect gym, I would, you know, that would be the hit factor. If I found that perfect personal trainer, and it's like, bro, that's maybe 5% of, of, of getting in shape. 95% is your fucking your effort. It's, yeah, yeah your willingness, bro. It's like, there's motherfuckers in jail right now <laughs> working out with I, nothing. I tell our clients, I'm like, I never went to treatment. Like, you don't need to go to treatment. Exactly. It's like, yo, you could also ride your bike to work, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's like exactly. you, you can get there a lot faster with a car, mm-hmm. you know. You want to go to treatment. You don't want to go to the yeah. place. You want, yeah. yeah, you don't want it's to go to jail. It's been proven. It's a short luxury yeah. because you can't go to treatment centers forever. So it's like, you know, you're gonna either going to take advantage of learning how to use this gun or you're going to learn how to fist fight out there. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like it's some like, people blow opportunities. Yeah, I think like also too, like some people going to treatment and the misconception that they get is that they think that like, well, you're going to get all your trauma healed and all your therapy done within these like, oh yeah, days. bro. It's like, yo, I've Keep been on this journey. Back. I've been on this therapy journey for like 12 years. You know what I mean? Like fucking straight up trauma. Yeah, you're the first person I know who got me into therapy, who was like going to therapy. And I it's my therapist on a fucking family retreat in really? December, dog. Oh, this, cool. this um, this like um, December, I brought the whole family together, dog. I got the therapist. I said, listen, dog, it's gonna be mad trauma. I need to heal these traumas with my mom, with my son, mm-hmm. everybody. I said, but I need you to be there from day the, the second I get to the airport, right? Mm-hmm. And I and I said, I got you covered, all expenses, cool. everything. Yo, it was one of the most therapeutic things, man. But I was here. But anyways, going into that. Yo, it's it's a process, man. It's a maintenance aspect of people that don't mm-hmm. take into consideration, man. Like treatment's supposed to give you a break, you know, mm-hmm. an opportunity to get some like clarity, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and find some kind of direction and get some like you know advice. But yo, you're not gonna yo, you're not gonna heal something that took you years on mm-hmm. front end. Yeah, we plant seeds, man. That's like it. I, yeah. I always tell plant like seed. everyone that 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 work there, like some of the clients go in there and they take out three people, but it's like yo, you're always can make an impact even if like the worst client mm-hmm. like we just eliminated one reservation they have like you mm-hmm. know or, or something yeah yeah and you never yo my first client right mm-hmm. like so how i got into treatment was i had just graduated fau mm-hmm. we were having our second child right i was studying for the lsat because i wanted like my i thought my dream was to go to law school mm-hmm. me too me too yeah. yeah and nova was like 75 a semester mm-hmm. right and i had just had my second child i was working at uh, a movie theater uh like uh, at a restaurant on top of the movie theater this was a vibe <laughs> yeah my boy james he was a real estate guy he saw like this was like 10 years ago how like treatment centers halfway houses at the time were making a lot of money if you have properties you can rent them out you can get so-and-so a room he wanted to open up this treatment center and the only person he knew clean was me because i used to use with him Mm -hmm. he was like a bartender we used to hang out Mm -hmm. fucking lines whatever but he saw that i was clean i had like five years clean at the time and he's like yo you're in recovery can you run this place for me I was like, what are you paying? He's like, so blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bet, I could do that. Like, I didn't know anything about treatment or Mm -hmm. anything. I'm like, you know what? Let let me just drive the vans. Let me take them to group. Mm -hmm. Let me, I'll be with the clients the whole time. So I started at the bottom and I Mm -hmm. did everything. The problem at that job was I stayed at the bottom Mm -hmm. because I wasn't learning like the higher level stuff. Mm -hmm. But there I was always like, man, I could do it better than him. When someone runs a business and they're not an addict, yeah. he was a good guy. He wasn't doing anything like Shady to the whatever. to yeah. the clients mm-hmm. or anything like that. But I was just like, I think I could run it better. Like in my head, I had a different uh, vision for mm-hmm. the place, you know. And I was like, Yo, one day that's like my dream, you know. 
pretty cool because I never mm -hmm. went to treatment, right? Mm -hmm. And then I had a friend at the time that went to FAU and I knew his brother and he had managed like a bunch of DeVitas, super mm -hmm. smart kid. He's like, he was looking into to get into like an outpatient, not necessarily treatment, but just an outpatient thing. He had a little bit of money and he's like, he's like, hey, do you want to partner with me? And I had like no money at the time, but I, I had the dream, mm -hmm. right? And I was like, yeah, I know everybody. I know so-and-so. Like I got a couple of the marketers numbers mm -hmm. and like here and there, we could fucking start our own. Like I didn't know what I was signing up for, but we made it happen. You know, it's funny. That was my first partner. And he used to always compare us to DaVita. Mm -hmm. And DaVita is like a multi-billion dollar company with all the, and he's like, DaVita, I'm like, yo, I don't care what DaVita has. Like, dude, I'm using my mom's van to transport fucking kids. I, no joke, I used my mom's van wow. to transport clients. My first client was one of these, it was actually a kid at the previous treatment mm -hmm. center that I was like, I was trying to wake up and he was from Connecticut, like young, little skinny kid, but thought he was a gangster. Mm -hmm. He, I was trying to wake him up for group one day and he got up. He's like, yo, close that door behind you. I like closed it and he's like, yo, I'm about to fuck you up. <laughs> like you trying to wake me up, blah, blah, blah. And I got like real unspiritual and I was like, no, I think I shut the door. That's what it was. I shut the door. And I was like, I was like, yo, what the fuck are you gonna do? I was like, dude, I've been I've been in the gym like 10 years. I've been clean a long time now. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I apologize. I'm just like, just when I wake up, I'm a little angry. And like he got he got real yeah, cool after that. Yeah, well. We had a client the other day who like took his shirt off and was banging on the door or whatever. And I'm like, whatever. We had to like we sent him out. But one of my other employees was like, bro, that guy was fine. He wasn't gonna do nothing. But it's like sometimes like we learn intimidation. Yeah. Using, you know, I used yeah. to do that when when I was in places that I had a bad day or whatever. I would just scream and yell and act crazy. I wasn't gonna do anything, bro. You know what I mean? But 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 it's like you have to kind of be an addict to kind of handle that situation and not feed into the intimidation and just be like, bro, if you swing, you're going to jail. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, this I, client was a problem with mm -hmm. everybody. I think he relapsed shortly. He was like hooking up with mm -hmm. just a problem. And I was just like, dude, you know, at the time you, you're just like, dude, this kid's trouble, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. Dude, that kid ended up being my first client ever wow. at the new treatment mm -hmm. center. And we brought him out, and he's been humbled at this point. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yo, I'll do whatever you want me to. Mm -hmm. And he was our first client. That kid brought me like three. He was at a, like a previous, he knew a bunch of people. He, dude, he got us like our first like five clients just if, from knowing from, people. Yeah, it was at the one we saw at the meeting the other yeah. day. Yeah, we saw him last Wednesday. And wow. like, yo, he, yeah. and, and he's, he's clean long term now. He had his falls a couple of times. He went back to Connecticut. That's a process. Like, mm -hmm. be, I, I could see everybody. I just see everyone. I was like, yo, these kids are beautiful. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I just, there's no one that I'm like, that I don't see potential yeah, for. Of course. You yeah. know? I was like, yeah, you're fucking up right now. You're a fucking piece of shit right now. And like, each time that you try different things your way mm -hmm. and it doesn't work, you're closer to the thing that's yeah. going to work, you yeah. know? Right. And now, yo, he's a tech at a treatment mm -hmm. center. He's about to pick up nine months. He looks mm -hmm. good. He's clean yeah. shaven. He's showing up for his family. Mm -hmm. Like, yo, that, that's what I do, yeah, man. That's awesome. Like, th this is what we do. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my best stories ever was my mom, right? It was just like me. You know how, like, everything comes full circle? I saw at, at my home group, Church on the Hill, on mm -hmm. Friday night, seven o'clock, right? This kid came in with his mom, with his mom. And I thought it was his hot girlfriend, but it was his <laughs> sister. They were there at the meeting, and I'm like, I could tell he's Spanish. And at the end for the white key tag, he like stumbles up and I say, he's like this big dude. And I used to see him at LA, LA, LA Fitness yeah, yeah. and he was like this big dude. And then like, he was like humbled, you know, mm -hmm. like after a run, he used to be like yeah. a, a bodybuilder mm -hmm. type dude. And I watched him and you could see his Spanish mom was like encouraging him mm -hmm. to pick up the white key tag. And I went up to him after the meeting because it reminded me of when my mom used to come to meet mm -hmm. the meetings. And I'm like, yo, if you ever need me, here's my phone number. I'm actually at LA Fitness. I'm in my set. I'm listening to my music. I'm fucking on pre-workout, mm -hmm. fucking doing yeah. my routine, sweating, feeling good. And I pocket dialed him. And I was like, oh, fuck, I hung it up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't want nobody messing with me. I'm on like, yeah, workout. Yeah, 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 I'm in my workout. He calls me back and he, and I was like, yo, my bad. I didn't mean to call you. It was just a pocket dial. I got to go. He's like, what way? He's like, dude, I'm not doing well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was, like, I was trying to blow him off the 
and, and then you know you know like our, my first thoughts wrong but mm-hmm. then you're like dude this guy yeah. he needs help it's like it's not your time mm-hmm. you know and then he's like yo i haven't been doing well blah 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 and i was like yo you should come to a meeting didn't hear from him right like a month later his mom calls me she's like yo i saw you at the meeting my son's not doing well she was struggling and she wouldn't get me off the phone and i was like you need I was like, well, why don't you talk to my mom? Because my mom, at least at this point, has a little experience. Mm-hmm. I feel like you need, like, yeah. you know, Al-Anon or something. Yeah. yeah, because your son, and she's enabling him. And, like, I'm trying to explain, but she kept talking to me in Spanish. And, and you know, I defend myself in Spanish. But I can't, I can't yeah. keep going in Spanish that much, right? My mom actually wanted to do the 12-step call. I'm like, dude, he's not ready. He's using. Mm-hmm. He's he's high right now. I'm not going over there. He's, yeah. Dude, he, the kid was doing meth. So I'm like, I don't even have experience. Like, are they violent? Uh-huh. I don't want to go there with my My mom's like, no, we're going over there. Wow. We get to his house. It's his mom's house in Boca. Dude, I go in the room, and it was like, it was like going into like a fucking scary movie. Like, there's blood on the wall. There's blood all over the wow. sheets because he's an IV user. Mm-hmm. And I guess he wasn't hitting. And he's on the bed and he's just like fuck coming off of meth and he just didn't seem happy at all. Like he did not want me yeah, to be. Of course. And like I'm there. Like he barely knows me. I've mm-hmm. had like one conversation with him. And I was like, yo, what's up, man? You're not doing too well. Like, why don't you go to treatment? He's like, no, it's just my mom just won't let me sleep. And like, blah, blah, blah. She don't want to wash my sheets. And, and and my mom was trying to like, you know, kick some like like, go to treatment, mm-hmm. like, this isn't going to end well. And I give it to him because he was really respectful to my mom. He wasn't, like, an asshole. Mm-hmm. He was very, like, okay, I'll do this and that. We told the mom, we're like, yo, you can't let him in. Like, you're enabling him. He's just going to keep using because he's yeah. got a free place. To, and you could see how hard it, it, it is a family disease. Of course. I, 100%. The family's sometimes sicker than the child. Mm-hmm. But my mom and I, we kind of told her what to do. The sister was very supportive. I feel like the sister roles in a mm-hmm. family, they always yeah. know what the truth is. Dude, my sister used to fuck my, my shit up. My sister, too. Dude, I used to fake a drug test and be like, see, I told you I'm clean. My sister would be like, I don't give a fuck what that they drug test know. says. My, You're yeah. fucking pale. The, sis- pale. the sisters always know. And so she would be getting on the mom, and the mom would be like fighting with the sister because she didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. But then finally she would call us crying, and she's like, I don't want him to die. He keeps knocking on the door. And I got called the cops. Dude, he was homeless for a little while, right? And then one day, I get a call. He was at the FAU. He, he would get Wi-Fi at FAU. He called me, and he's like, yo, I've been homeless at FAU. I just hang out at the library upstairs. Wow. So I picked him up from that FAU library, and I got him into detox. Mm-hmm. He was in treatment for a little while, did well. He's like, I got to move to Miami. I got to take this waiter job. He was like dabbling it, had another hard relapse. Everything that I was telling him not to do, you yeah, know, like yeah. it was like his first time in recovery and mm-hmm. all this stuff. And he got a taste for it, went right back out, was homeless back at the FAU library, OD'd on the third floor. Wow, that's crazy. Ambulance came, got him, Baker acted him, and his mom called me and she's like, yeah, he's fucking blah, blah, blah. We had been talking because he was already like, just talking crazy about, you know, when, when someone's in early recovery and they're telling you their plans mm-hmm. and you're like, dog, that ain't going to end well. But, mm-hmm. but you can't, the train's already moving. Yeah. And yeah, you're just like, asking you to tell you. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yo, this isn't going to move. This isn't going to end well. But then I called him, right? And he was in this Baker Act. And he's like, dude, he's like, how did you know I was in here? And I was like, yo, I told you this was going to happen, right? He's like, yeah. He's like, you were 100% right. And I was like, yo, what are you going to do about it? He's like, I'm willing to do anything. So I think at that time, I'm not sure if he still had insurance or whatever. I, we got him into a place. They picked him up. He always had problems with, like, immigration because he's from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So he was always saying, like, oh, this job's cool with me staying there, blah, blah, blah. He got clean, and he's like, yo, I always wanted to be a tech. Will you give me a job? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm to the point where I'm like, yo, just talk to these guys. Because I don't want to bring people in, and Mm -hmm. I don't deal with them. So this is the interview process, and they hired him. Yo, he's been with us for like two years. He went back to school. That's so fire. He's like almost a therapist. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Dude, he's jacked again. (laughs) It's Adrian. He's he's like one of our best techs, man. Oh, so cool. And like he's like this big old guy, big fuck. 
mm-hmm. and he's a sweetheart, man. Mm-hmm. And his family, his mom calls me like on every yeah. like Christmas and like, yeah. dude, he's <laughs> they, think, they think you're Jesus, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, and, like, you know, Rob's mom every six months. Oh, you saved my son's life. No, and it's, it's, yeah, it goes cool. back to my uh, friend's dad, mm-hmm. Mike. When I called him like last year crying, like, yo, I didn't know you were on vacation. You were supposed to go on vacation. He's like, Santa, he's like, someone did that for me. All I ask from you is to do it to someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we keep doing. Yeah, bro. And that's the program in an essence. Yeah. It's like the thing that motivates, that perpetuates the 12-step program is that keep coming back and you can't keep what you have unless you give it away. Yeah. And it's like that little like engine yeah. is just flawless, bro. It just... It's like, we don't need to pay nobody. We don't need to like entice anybody. It's like, bro, once you get clean and someone does you like a service, we just ask you to pay it forward. And the fact that the fellowship's been able to expand on solely that is like an act of God, bro. It's really insane. Dude, I use that just as a model for the treatment Mm -hmm. center. Like I like to say, like we have a farm system, like Mm -hmm. in baseball. Yeah. You know, the best staff is people who've been here. Mm -hmm. And like, we're like 50-50. Yeah, with alumni. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, and it's awesome. I have outreach guys, a couple of them that went through the program. Mm-hmm. Like, how yeah. cool is that? You yeah. know, my alumni guys, the uh, alumni himself too, is awesome. Like, you know, kids when they first come in here, I don't know, I, I don't care where you're at. They're like, Mom, they got me in Lake Worth. This place is a shit. I got offered drugs. <laughs> like, you need to bring me home because uh-huh. I'm gonna get high here. Blah blah uh-huh. blah. The kid, the outreach guy is like, dude, that's not happening. Like, Mm -hmm. you have to talk to the parents because the mom's like, I bought him, I bought him a flight. He's coming back here. He's not safe over there. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, that's a disease. He's not. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Give him three days. It's like Uh some magical thing happens in three days. I feel like. I tell them, I'm like, you're just in a new place. You don't know the noises that make that. You piss it out mm-hmm. <laughs> in three yeah. days, right? No, it's like you just you just feel like somebody's gonna kill you in those first three days, mm-hmm. or like someone's gonna steal your shit. It's just uncomfortable, and it's yeah, you know, you know I'm like that. Yeah. I travel somewhere. The first night's not a good night. Yeah, of you course. know, I'm like getting used to the noises in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Or this and that. The second night's a little bit better. By the third night, I'm like, yo, I could stay here another week, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Of course. There's something about, um, you know, that initial first couple of days that everybody is just not feeling like they want to be there, bro. No one's, one, yeah. it's half physical. Half yeah. of it is just your physical body telling you to get back to wherever you were because that was feeling nice, you know? So it's like you're a warning sign if you're like too comfortable. The yeah, first yeah, day. yeah, you're whatever. Like, Yo, are you trying to bring out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like when I have a, like, I'll put in a scholarship or something, and whenever they're like, yeah, he's doing great, I'm like, eh. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on with him? He's doing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, so my favorite client is the client that comes in rambunctious acting you know a little crazy and and aggressive and doesn't want to be there and then they turn around but like when someone comes in slow and mellow they usually end up becoming aggressive or not wanting to be there later on so it's like and i always feel like if someone has a difficult treatment stay that means that they are working on things yeah i agree when someone just totally coasts and a lot of times a therapist like he was a great client well, it like made your job easier, <laughs> you know. You know, no, he, so he made so your so job easier, but I don't think he. Crack yeah, for yeah. Right. I don't know so if he, you, I don't know if he our, did a lot of work yeah. in treatment. So some of our most difficult clients have been the best clients and the best success stories. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. They're doing work, and they could tell other clients that are struggling. Them, yeah. They're like, "Yo, I didn't want to be here." Exactly, and it's like they take they they're not wearing a mask. When I was attacked at this treatment center in um almost like Boca area, I remember I was working there, and there was this dude who. Used to come in and the first day he came in i love this guy bro he was read he got all the clients to read the just for today at eight in the morning before the van he would like run groups after uh at night when everyone was bored he got a whole little campfire going and i was like bro this guy's the man as soon as he left he used and then he came back and he would do it again and then he came back and he would do it again after the third time I'm like all right bro you got to stop with all that bullshit because a lot of times it's performative yeah it's performative like the dentist that doesn't brush their teeth you know what i mean he's just trying to fix everybody else you know and in treatment i think like there's only like 
seven different types of personalities. It's like, you know, you got the guy who's like the recovery captain. You got the constant AMAer. You got like the the, uh, mom. the mom. Yeah, you got the mom. The, the, alcoholic, <laughs> the mom. alcoholic mom. Yeah, the depressed alcoholic mom. You know, yeah, you got the sports mom. guy yeah, who like yeah, who like <laughs> oh, if he didn't get injured, he wouldn't have had a problem or whatever. Uh, like the painkiller. Yeah. So, so like, I don't. My parents wanted me here. My guy. parents wanted me I'm here. Doing this for probation. Yeah, I'm only guy. doing this the for probation. Dealer. The drug dealer. Yeah, you yeah. got the fake drug dealer that their mom sends them like packages yeah. and stuff. You know, the wannabe tough guy. And it's like, you know, there's only so many different personalities, but it's like every one of those people changes, but it's important. Like I always tell the clients, like, it's important to know, like, who are you? Are you the complaint, the guy who complains about the food? Are you that guy? You know? And it's like, you might be, that's totally fine, bro. But once you stop doing that, it's going to be, someone else will take up that role. Yeah. So it's like, we all play a role in treatment as like who we want to be. And it's like, the main thing that I tell people is just like focus on what you need to work on. And like when you wake up, think about what you what you need to work on today, you know, because it's so easy to and life is like that, bro. How often do we live life just thinking about what other people need to be doing? No, and I, I love like the whole treatment thing because I, I serious. I think addicts are some of like the most special mm-hmm. an addict that's working a program. Mm-hmm. I think they're superheroes. Yeah. Right. There's people out there using that are going to change the world. Mm-hmm. And maybe not change the world, but make a better place. For sure. And we need to get them clean. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, because, dude, we could do, like, amazing things. Like, yeah. my dream, too, in, in, like, the future is to have a treatment center, like, even a farm style. Like, you know how they did, like, uh, Homies, the nacho chips mm-hmm. in California? It's, like, run by a bunch of ex-gang members, mm-hmm. and they created, like, these tortillas. Oh, the, bakery, the bakery people? Oh, no. Oh, wow. no oh, they okay. make chips. Like I don't know too yeah. much about it, but they, they make, like, uh, like tortilla chips, and it's all run by ex-gang members, oh, and they're, cool. like, highly successful. I want a place, I want a business that's, mm-hmm. like, run by addicts mm-hmm. and that's thriving, and you mm-hmm. get people that are old executives, mm-hmm. and whatever people bring to the table, they bring, you know? Dunklin's like that. So Dunklin is like a nonprofit. It's a hardcore religious program. Even the Salvation Army, like the like Dunklin and Salvation Army and stuff like that, like those programs are all ran by people who have been through the program. It's so hardcore. They have a pallet company. They ha- oh, they have a pallet company. So they have a gotcha. pallet company where in the morning, bro, bro, you're up at four in the morning, making pallets and then like you start classes like at noon and it's like bro they have a thriving business and everything is based on like an alumni thing um it's super strict and religious that's why like some people don't like it because it's like crazy religious that would be really cool to have like an addiction treatment center that is the non-profit that basically runs itself self-sustaining self-sustaining pays their way pays their way yeah yeah i'll never forget i took this kid on the interview process bro this kid uh rest in peace richard michael he didn't stay clean and he passed away but he was there for like two years and he stayed clean those whole two years i'll never forget bro i took him on the interview process and this guy who was like the chaplain think about he has like interviewed like bro if you're going to a nine, if you're going to a nine month christian program you got nothing going on. You, know? you got no options, bro. Like for you to for you agree to be like, yo, I'm going to a place for nine months that's straight, straight religious, straight working in the hot sun, but your ass is so on fire that this seems like a fresh water, you know? And I'll never forget, bro, this and the guy who works there must have interviewed thousands of people that are down on their last leg for real. And I'll never forget, dude, he did this interview process. He asked the kid, like, does your family want to come in? And he's like, the only person I know is Brian. And like, dude, it was crazy because his family lives in Philly, right? I remember when I went in there, they were like, we haven't had a non-family member in the interview in years. Wow. But I don't know why the chaplain is allowing you to go in here because you're not family. But I guess he feels like they need someone in the interview in case they need to ask questions or something, you know? And, bro, he asked this kid, like, seven questions. And after the first question, he was crying. He was like, he was like, you have a car? And the kid was like, yeah. And he goes, who pays your car? He goes, my dad. He goes, your dad pays your car? How old are you? He goes, 28. He's like, you're 28. Your dad pays your car? Why do you think he does that? And, bro, the kid just started crying. And, bro, the his ability to cut through people, like, all the bullshit, like, 
bro, you're 28, your dad pays your car. Smashing that ego. And it's like, bro, the room was silent. <laughs> it's just like, and bro, this kid just started crying. And like, bro, even when I would go visit him there, it's still like one of my best memories of him because while he was there, he was clean and doing good. Welcome to the Genesis House powered by the United Recovery Project. Located in sunny South Florida, we offer drug and alcohol addiction treatment as well as a major focus on dual diagnosis. Our addiction therapy programs include behavioral therapy, 12-step facilitation, psychotherapy, life skills training, and more. At our facility, you can expect a low client-to-staff ratio, daily group therapy, weekly one-on-one -on -one therapy sessions, and luxury amenities such as volleyball, basketball, pool, chiropractor, personal trainer, yoga, massage therapy, and more. Contact the United Recovery Project today and let's create a better tomorrow. And I still talk to his parents and it's like, what you're talking about the trauma, like, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book right now, like Hell Has an Exit, which is about like your first year in recovery and like the do's and don'ts of recovery. And it's like, when I got clean, I never anticipated to go through so many deaths and like what happens. And it's like in recovery, people think like you get clean and it's over. Well, when people die, people think like, well, you die and then that's it. Like you have a funeral or whatever and it's over. And it's not like that. But I still get text messages from two in the morning from his dad being like, I miss Michael. And it's two in the morning, bro. I'm just thinking about, bro, this, this dude's dad's laying at night two in the morning, doesn't even know who to text, yeah. Yeah. you know? And it's like, bro, and I'm part of it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, bro, as treatment center owners or as like people in recovery long-term, like we deal with so many hardcore involvement with the family. Yeah, I hold on to like those good stories, man. Yeah, of course. And I remember, and then I talk to the clients, I always think in the back of my head, like, yo, this might be the last time I talk mm -hmm. to them. Because mm -hmm. like one of the first kids that passed away, he was trying to AMA from our place and I knew him well. He had this girlfriend and... It's always a girl. Yeah. yeah. That was Richard's problem, bro. When he was single and focused on himself, bro, he was focused. And then, bro, the girl would always become his higher power. It'll be the trigger. Yeah. Dude, he was trying to AMA. Look, like, remember eight years ago when there was all these, like, flop houses mm -hmm. and you could fuck no curfew. Smoke weed, bring your you girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. And he was trying to go to one of those places. And I was like, Adam, this isn't a good idea, man. That's not a good place. And uh, he had just a rebuttal for everything mm -hmm. I was saying. And they saying. think that your place, you're just trying to pitch your place. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, like I have skin in the game. Yeah, like, like I have a dog on. in the fight. Yeah, it's crazy. But I'm like, <laughs> but like I made it a point. I'm like, I don't think you're safe over there. Like mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then the fucking the next day he fucking OD'd, died there. And then his mom came in. Like we had like a vigil in Lake Worth Beach. Mm -hmm. Good kid, man. Really good kid, man. Mm -hmm. Just so sad, man. It's mm -hmm. surreal, right? Like the deaths. Oh, like, so. like you're more involved mm -hmm. with that, which is like one of the things that like and a part of my journey is like I'm doing like some breath therapy or whatever, which is teaching me how to like lean into those feelings, right? That used to give me trauma, right? That's part of my journey right now to get closer to the fellowship. Cause like the first part of my journey, I fucking was like very terrified, of the, I'm very judgmental, very terrified of like getting close to people, being vulnerable, blah, 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 whatever. But now in the journey, man, it's like the compassion, trying to get close to people, feel those feelings. It's tough, bro. You know what I mean? It's hard, bro. Like all the people that died, you know, in 2020, the people yeah, that, bro. you know, um, and then anybody, you know, the people that are suffering, just the suffering dog, like, like even clean. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I know people fucking suffering, you know what I mean? And, and, and they're at meetings, they're doing everything that mm -hmm. supposedly, right? You know, and then just life is just difficult, man. And it's just um, challenging, man. And like during 2020, you know, people would show up. I'd say what's up to them. And then next thing you know, it's like, yo, so-and-so deed and they die. I'm like, what the fuck? You're never going to talk to them again. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll talk on one that's like, you know, that we all know, Jaylene, right? You know, Jay, I still can't believe that one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because I I'll, can't believe he survived so long. That too. But then also too, then he also, had cheated death a thousand oh times in front of my eyes. One thousand. You know? One thousand. And then also too, I, then I also look back. I wish I would have been more present mm -hmm. with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that my journey was still kind of like arm's distance with him. You know. Towards the end, his last like four years, I had kept him at such an arm's length. Because scared. he was so, 
Bro, this dude was so toxic and crazy and angry. I'm grateful that towards the end, we like mended our relationship as friends. And I was like, bro, I love you. And like, we had talked, you know, but it's like, man, addicts will drain you. And uh, Will G said something once. And I remember he said like, you know, you don't got to help everybody. Sometimes it's someone else's turn to help them. Because it's like, bro, sometimes in recovery, addicts will make you feel guilty that you need to help me always you yeah. need oh you're a good guy and they like oh you act like you care about me and you don't even do this or whatever and it's like we become their family it's like bro their family already cut them yeah. off <laughs> so we become the next victims to to torment and it's like we have to reestablish boundaries and yeah. protect our own mental health too and it's like you know i want to help people that also want to help themselves yeah. you know if you're not taking suggestions at what point, like, am I just like a voicemail that you just dump shit on? You know, I get to the point because, like, if my recovery can't overpower their disease, like, their disease will start winning me, yeah. and I'll start fucking being like, you and know what? Limo trying to get me to fight him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he wants to get you on spiritual. Yeah. He wants to make yeah. you so yeah. mad that, that you like put down the recovery stuff and just hit him. You know? Yeah. And it's like, no, bro, I get that. It's that disease trying to fucking win. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like I tell people in treatment that work in treatment too, I was like, you got to go to your own meetings because like, yo, you're filled with disease here. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have, you have to go back to the well and drink and be able to overpower the disease that's around here because like until they can get some uh, like recovery of their own, mm -hmm. the clients, like then it brings, it makes the whole place better. But one of my closest friends, when I first got clean, this dude, Chris, he's able to make money, bro. He's super successful, but his whole thing is that he builds it up and then, you know, knocks it all down, builds it up and knocks it all down, builds it up and knocks it all down. And it's like, bro, he's worked the steps. He's had a sponsor. He's done all these things. And he was like, Brian, what am I doing wrong? And I was like, bro, the reason why you're using is not because you didn't master the 12 steps. Not using is just the first step. So if you're having a problem with using, you're just not doing the first step. Not using is about having a first step. There are people that only have a first step and they don't have any of the other ones. And And they don't know nothing about any relationships, business, whatever. But then you got people that got all the other knowledge and they don't have a first step. So it's like, you know, you got to master that one thing. And the second part is just consistency. Bro, if you're able to stay clean for a year, you've proven to everybody and yourself that you're able to do it. But guess what happens? The job becomes more important. The girl becomes more important. The ego starts to kick in. And then you go from being, you know, the student to now you think you're the teacher and you lose that humility and you stop learning shit. And then before you know it, you're using it again. Remember little dude? Yeah. <laughs> little dude you used to always say, if I work the steps, I'm only ahead of it. Uh, I'm ahead of my disease a couple of, uh, you know, steps. Mm-hmm. If I work the steps. And, I, and what I like about that kind of saying is that, and what I've experienced in my journey is that like, sometimes we're not thinking further enough. You know what I mean? We get clean and then we're like, oh, I just want the car. I just want the house and the girl. And then you get there and then you realize like, yo, this is fucking miserable. <laughs> you know what I mean? The house, the girl, you know what I mean? The job, the business. And it's because we're not thinking in all different like layers, right? Like of what's happening. Like what, what, what kind of partner are you going to have when you get there? Like what kind of residence you want to live? What kind of bills you want to maintain? You know, where's your contentment? Of you know course. what I mean? What's the next step, right? And I think people just want that instant gratification of like uh, social like uh, acceptability. Mm-hmm. And then you get there and then there's all these other mechanics and uh, skills that you need to maintain this. Yeah. And you don't have it, bro. Mm-hmm. And then that I see, at least that's where I, I find myself plenty of times getting to that place and then just being like, holy fuck, this shit sucks, yeah. bro. And What's it's, next? And it's like, you know, there's a difference between like getting to a place and then becoming the person who goes to those places. You know what I mean? So it's like sometimes we end up at this place, but we haven't became the person we need to be to stay there. Even like I look at like like jujitsu. It's like, you know, in jujitsu, you just want to get the next belt to the next belt. And it's like, bro, you don't want to be a blue belt who sucks no. <laughs> getting beat up by white belts. Yeah, so it's like, it's like, here. bro, be careful because when you get that other stripe, you're gonna have to act the way people with two strikes. You could, you know, you now you have to maintain this level. Yeah, of, me and Mario you know, were talking about that. Like we, we hope people have a slow recovery. Yeah, like me and Mario, we suffered, man. Mm-hmm. We were working poor. like, yeah, we were poor. poor. I learned, I learned all everything I learned to maintain success when I was poor. Yeah. 
Yeah. When I didn't have anything, bro. Everything I needed, I learned my first five years clean being broke. My first five years, it was more like we married. We were roommates. I would wake up in the morning, Mm -hmm. go to school, finish school about 11, had like a quick gym session, had to bring all my clothes. What a heater problem. Yeah, I used to have to bring a jug of water because the radiator would overheat. No AC. (laughs) It was a hand me down, right? Uh And then I'd just, I'd go to the gym come home, change, go to my job, mm-hmm. work there, try to finish before the 10 o'clock so mm-hmm. I could go to Boca Pines, uh-huh. hit a meeting, and then I'd be exhausted by night mm-hmm. and then do it all over again. That was like the first yeah. five, mm-hmm. seven That's years. Years, years. Like, yeah, I didn't even have time for relationships. Yeah. or. And then Mario used to be like, yo, you got to have tunnel vision. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I had that. I was like, it was like the discipline. Yeah. But I was building a foundation. And For like sure. around me, like you have to have blinders because mm-hmm. people were getting rich in the fucking call centers. Yeah, and you gotta be I watched like, so many hustles go by in South Florida, like timeshare, timeshare recovery, moving, fucking yeah. diamond blades. I don't know what they were selling so much stuff. And uh, <laughs> my friends, dude, my friends were yeah. my friends were making a ton of money. But then some of them would relapse, mm-hmm. you know, with all this money. And like you Bro, were saying, sometimes you're not prepared. Like, I wasn't prepared to be rich at that Mm -hmm. point, you know? Yeah, not just that. Like, when I first got clean, when I used to, like, see my friend's paychecks, I used to be like, bro, don't give me that. Like, bro, I know know my ego would get crazy. I'd stop going to meetings. Like, I knew I couldn't handle that at that moment. I learned the benefit of going slow. And I learned, like, the benefit of, like, having that pause button. And I believed in, like, the third step of, like, bro, there's something greater for me later, you know? And it's like... That old saying, like, you know, if someone gave me eight hours to chop down a tree, I'd spend six of them sharpening the blade. So it's like a lot of people spend no time sharpening the blade. They never chop the tree down. Even now, like I like I tell my friend, like, do people think like I've arrived or like I'm somebody now? I still believe I'm still sharpening. I haven't even started to cut down. So it's like, bro, with 15, you know, coming up on 15 years clean, like, bro, I still think like, bro, I'm just now getting sharper and sharper you know and i've been around long enough to know like yo this shit kid the position i'm in now like dude (laughs) dude we're in we're in healthcare. like rules change i feel more security working at the mall (laughs) i I feel the same way because each year like like they cut payments for this and that like they make it harder and and harder and then when when you have like these bills right when you try to like accumulate whatever right it gets Scary, right? Yeah. Because like, the nut is so big. <laughs> You'd be like, nah. ah, I got, I got kids now, that. too. I yeah. got a whole family. My mom and dad work. It, it becomes like... But then it goes back to like what he said about like those experiences at the beginning of what helps you carry him on. And that's why like me and him, dog, yo, we didn't have nothing, man. Like we were poor. You, mm-hmm. you, when you dropped off that sofa when I was getting divorced, yeah. dog, yo, he dropped off a sofa, man. And it was crazy, man. Like I, that's all I had was the sofa. Mm-hmm. And, and I couldn't even afford to have the $150 that they were charging me for delivery was going to break me, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bro, I didn't have a comma in my bank account until I had five years clean, and it was only when the FAFSA would come in. So it's like, bro, only my financial aid was the first time I would ever taxes, see. Or, taxes. Yeah. I didn't. I never I even it. got. I didn't even work that much. I was in school, Yo, so I never got I, money for taxes. My tax return and bought a condo because we yeah. knew we, yeah. his brother-in-law was like hustling mortgages, mm-hmm. and he was, and, and it was a, it was a crossroad. I was in recovery, and I had this check that came in from the IRS for like twenty grand, and it was like back taxes I had done. And I was like, man, I could buy an infinity right now. That's what I wanted, right? An infinity. It was like back in the days. Yeah. And um, I'm like, man, I could buy a brand new car. And I was just like glorifying in my head, like all the attention mm-hmm. I was going to get, the places we were going to go. And I was like, nah, he was like, yo, let's get, you should get a, a, a home. And I ended up getting a home with that. And like, yo, that thing ended up being a fucking fire ass asset. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what it says, the slow aspect. You know what I mean? Everything needs to be slow. It's like wealth takes time, man. It does not happen overnight. I've seen dudes make money like crazy. Like there's dudes out there spending money and you're like, bro, do you realize that's not normal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's not normal for 95% of the people on this planet. Are you like not realizing that? And um, I get to see that more prevalent because of like the work that I do. But 
you know what I mean? Like in my journey, man, it just like like those earlier years, man, a slow recovery. Like like I never thought I'd get to this point. Honestly, mm-hmm. I was just like, it's gonna be hard for me. Whatever, I'll be grateful making fifty two thousand a year. You know what I'm saying? Like I, that's what my brain yeah. was at, bro. I was just like fifty two thousand and no child support. I'll be good uh-huh. at that point. And like now, it's like, wow, God, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We're on this kick that. lately where we're like, life is so good. We're trying to prolong it. Yeah. yeah. We're like, we're, we're trying, trying to find, find the, the <laughs> found the youth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah we're uh, listening. One of our guys, Professor the Sinclair. Orange, yeah. <laughs> no, we listen to this guy, Professor Sinclair <laughs> from Harvard. Nine, six hours, baby. Uh-huh. Trying to get more sleep. Nah, yeah. yeah Professor Sinclair from Sinclair. Harvard Sinclair. says like the first 150 year old human is alive right yeah. now. Because really? they've, they've made a huge advancement in like yeah, yeah. in cells and yeah, they're like saying that, and stuff like that. Yeah, they're yeah, saying yeah, like yeah. The, the cells, how they generate. It's not like hardware. They have like a software that tells you to age and they found a way to like throw that stop system. aging. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, I'm to the point where like, yo, I need more. I need more time on this earth. I'm trying to clone myself. <laughs> No, so I can do the podcast and be at work. Yo, facts, facts. <laughs> but you, like he said, now like life is good, man. Like I'm very content, man. Like, and that was like difficult, man, because I remember fucking at ten years clean, bro. Like just suffering, bro, and just like walking around just miserable, not understanding why. And, and and if I could go back and like just talk to my earlier self, it was just really the connection. I didn't really like, I didn't really open myself up to the fellowship how you did or how you did. You know, I was very closed off because of my own traumas, right? But I realize now that, like, for me, man, like, one of the most beautiful things in life is the connection with people, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that similarities, right? Like, that, yo, that bonding aspect. And, like, yo, man, like, having you guys in my life and just being from, like, where we're from, man, it's, like, a blessing, bro. Like, yeah, like, like that alone, I can't though. even go out there and hang out mm-hmm. with people because I'll and be, it's, like, betraying my It's friends, camaraderie. Bro. I mean, yeah. think, like, I read a lot of, like, military books, and it's, like, bro, in the military, it's, like, bro, they're fighting a war. They don't even agree at all. You know what I mean? Bro, they're risking their lives every day. And the only reason why they do it is because I don't want to let you do it alone. So it's like, bro, sometimes the only reason why I'm going to this meeting at 10 o'clock at night after I woke up at 5 a.m., went to the gym, came home, tired as fuck, did a podcast, did jujitsu, went to this meeting. The only reason why I go is because, bro, I know other people out there fighting. I'm like, bro, I don't want to leave people hanging. Not that, like, I think I'm so powerful, but it's like, bro, I remember what it was like when I would go to the meeting and there was still that one cat that was still there. You know what I mean? And it's like, bro, it's refreshing. It was like an anchor, right? Yeah. yeah. Steve 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 like, refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, oh, everybody, yeah. Steve 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, you feel like you lost that scene yeah. you see that lighthouse, you know? Yeah. So it's like No, but I feel like the like the process of recovery, you have ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the, the best, best thing, thing, like I've I've actually been able to experience Mario's like rejuvenation mm-hmm. for this program. I think the thing is, is when you don't use, you can come back mm-hmm. and get there again. You know, like mm-hmm. right, like it recovery's like, you know. It's ups and downs, of you know. You, yeah, you were, you were telling me, like, we got to end the podcast soon, but I just want to hear about how, like, you were in the pandemic and you started listening to the podcast. Because I didn't know you listened to it up until, like, a year ago, probably. Oh, man, like, it was during the pandemic, it was, especially in my area, there wasn't a lot of meetings going on. It was, like, speakeasy. Like, you would yeah. hear, like, there's a meeting going on and they let you hug out there. And it- <laughs> Yeah, the court enforcement comes dispersed, dispersed. Yeah, but then that's when I found your uh, the podcast, mm-hmm. and it was like going to a fire meeting. Yeah, and I think even Mario was on it, yeah. and like yeah. it, were, it, 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 it like before, triggered yeah. me. Yeah. And then you would always talk about steps in there, mm-hmm. and you'd be like, "Yo, it's like you had an analogy of like, yo, if you're not doing steps, it's like you like not going to the graduation or something." Mm-hmm. You said something know. like that. I don't, I don't know. It was like it, it was like never getting a benefit yeah. of it. It triggered me to write about that. Yeah, it's like, like winning the lottery and not cashing the check. Yeah, because it's even like it's even like um, yo, you don't even need to be an addict to benefit from like. So it's crazy to me. Like if you have the knowledge, you know what I mean, and then you like relapse or whatever you know go mm-hmm. whatever journey you go through man you still got that knowledge just tap mm-hmm. back into it because that shit's like fucking magic yo yeah. like when we were talking about applying this to like uh, all our affairs 
Like in business, when you apply it to business, bro. Like I used to think motherfuckers had to be sharks, right? Because I, I grew up in a pool of sharks, bro. Mm-hmm. Just dudes that were fucking showing me entrepreneurship. They were animals, dog. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they were the type of dudes that would fucking cut you and then want to have dinner with you and your wife later. And I'm like, yo, dog, I can't even afford to pay my bills now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like I grew up, like I groomed in that area. And when, when Santi was real refreshing because like, you know, we had some dealings and then we, were, we came across each other and he was like, man, you don't have to do it like that, bro. You could really just be a good person and, mm-hmm. and get shit done. And it changed my perspective, man. Once I applied this to like, you know, my business, to like my personal life, you know, just mm-hmm. the fundamentals, the basics, you know what I'm saying? Like fucking just uh, perseverance, just fucking courage, right? Mm-hmm. Like all that shit, personal integrity, the, the peace that it brings into your life, bro, is beyond my wildest dreams. Cause that's what I strive for now. Mm-hmm. Contentment, connection, and God. You know what I mean? Like those are my things right now, man. Because like, yo, if I'm content, I'm not worried about your shit. You know what I'm saying? If I'm content, I got everything that I need and some of the shit that I want. You know what I'm saying? If I'm content, I'm at peace. If I'm at peace, man, I'm able to share that peace with other people. Mm-hmm. And if I have connection, I, I'm able to really get close to you. You know what I mean? And the God thing, man, it's just like, I used to I used to hate the God thing in the um, the Little Tracer thing because it was an occult. You know, when you first opened the yeah. old blue book, it talks about that. And I used to get deep with that. But like, fuck it, if it's an occult, fuck it, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love having you guys, you my, my occult members, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, but all jokes aside, it's not. It's really it's really a way of life, man. It's a philosophy, man. It's a way of thought, man. Like how you yeah. were saying like that. You can't keep what you have unless you give it away. So that's a, a fundamental principle that I practice in my business. I share information with people. I know people who are hoarders of information, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want to tell nobody. I yeah. share stuff with people, and I'll tell you what, man, it ends up benefiting me more to share and create community mm-hmm. with people than it does the hoard information degree. And, and that's, uh, you know, a scarcity mindset, because I remember, like, yeah. like one of my mentors, I remember he was telling me all this stuff, and I was just like, you know, so-and-so wanted to pick your brain about something. It was like the worst thing, you know? Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, sure, tell him to call me. And then I remember being like, you know, you don't ever feel like maybe you shouldn't be telling everyone this. And he was like, why? Someone told me it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like sometimes I struggle with that where it's like I feel like if someone else gets the information, they're going to saturate the market or whatever. And it's like I'm learning to become more open about, you know, everything because it's like I don't want to have that scarcity mindset where it's like if you win, it means that I'm not winning. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I try to tap into like just because you win doesn't mean that I lost. You know, it's like, bro, I could root for you and know that you won and like I could win too, you know? You know, going back, going back to your podcast, like it was during the pandemic. And I got to a place where, like, I thought I arrived. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to a place where, like, I dreamed of. Mm-hmm. No, me, I wasn't going to meetings. All the meetings were closed. I was trying to do some Zoom. And then, like, I would get packages of shoes and, like, open them. And I'd be like, dude, I don't even remember ordering them. <laughs> and just throw them. In. I, dude, I, have, I had so many shoes that I didn't even, like, open. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, this shit doesn't, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. And, like, so I would listen to the podcast. And it was, it was like, you know, that good feeling from a meeting Mm -hmm. and like it triggered that. And then I'd start calling my sponsees and being like, yo, we should do some, some step work. Mm -hmm. We'll start it off on zoom. We went through the first three steps and I talked to Mario and I never thought Mario would be like, yo, let me get on that. I was like, I was like, I was was in the island dog in Miami. I had fucking sell at my house. You were the only lifeline I had, Brian. Brian. It was so cool because I'm like working the steps with my sponsees. And then I have my old sponsor. Like it was like refreshing. And then that's like sparked this like thing. And I've watched like Mario's rejuvenation, which has been Mm -hmm. like fucking and now he's like plugged in the middle. He's got us in the fucking mm-hmm. yeah. the group chat. Yeah. He's on fire for recovery, and it triggers mm-hmm. me to get back in. And like, this is where I'm ha- like, my, like yeah, I'm the happiest I am. No, there's no, not. I know. Uh, yeah, I've been. We've yeah. had it all. We've yeah, been, like this is where yeah. yeah. I've been everywhere. I've had the fucking yo. The cappuccino on the mountain. I've had, we've had it all, tasted it all, you know what I mean? And and thank God for that. But yo, there's nothing better than this feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I feel safe, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. No, and I'm happy. Like, dude, my, happy. Like, uh, my, my sense of humor is better. My outlook, my my patience is a little bit yeah. better when I'm working a pro. Like, mm-hmm. everything's better. Like, I, I enjoy the things I have. Mm-hmm. My kids are cool when I'm working a program. You know, yeah. like, my wife's great when I'm working a program. 
Facts. And like, dude, my life is so good, man. Yo, I have- like, yo, like, to just to kind of build off, cause you were over here, man. Just to see Santi go through whatever you went through. He even went like the the whole college thing. He went. He got a philosophy degree, and even though he doesn't like work in his whole um actual like field, it's about the the character building steps that he went through when he went yeah. to college. And you know the ability to start something and finish it, No, it's time that. management. I tell yeah. my wife that all the time. But it's like, yo, I learned that in college. Like, yo, and when when I had a uh-huh. like when I had when I had class and I had I a leave. To try to squeeze a gym in there. How can I get nerds to do the work? Yeah, it's by any means possible. (laughs) Right. Back then, yeah, no, one thousand. So seeing all that, man, and then seeing where he's at. You know, I always tell people because people when they will come around and they be like, "What's Santi up to?" And I'll be like, "Yo, Santi, man, Santi's gonna land exactly where he wants mm-hmm. to land." Because you're like one of those dudes, dog, that I always believe that you were tapped into like the manifestation and realization in your brain, like that kinetic energy, right? And like, cause I've seen you, and people will fucking count you out and be like, "Nah, he ain't gonna do it." This, and we look back now, bro, and it's like, whoa. Like, something really just did everything that he said he was going to do, and he ended up waking you. And not just that. It's like, sometimes I think about, like, when I would take meetings when I first opened, and, like, I'd meet with, like, these executives and, like, all these business people and, like, these sharks. And it's like, bro, 99% of them are in jail or flopped or went out of business or went bankrupt or became too aggressive and too greedy. And it's like to be standing now in Florida and still, you know, flourishing in like the industry that we're in. The only people that have survived are really the good places. Like I was telling my friend who was on the podcast, he has the treatment center too. It's like, bro, if you're alive now, it's like, it's a real testament that like, you know, good does prevail, you know? So, hey, I appreciate you guys coming to the podcast. I love you guys. And um, you know, I want to say one thing before yes, sir, you get yes, out, man. I want to thank you, man. Hey, no problem. Man, I appreciate you. Podcast, bro, because like, yo, like no cap, man, it's like a time capsule. You've been able to like really like memorialize mm-hmm. and archive a lot of people that have come through like, you know, our areas. Yo, it's beautiful that you're doing this. I try to be like the nori of uh, recovery, you know? It's like, so I try to give people their flowers, you know what I mean? Because like, this is really like a memorial of like people that are still alive that have done a lot for the program and done a lot for other addicts. And it's like, it's easy to open up the news and see all these people dying of fentanyl. It's easy to like point the finger at what people are doing wrong. But it's like, there's so much hope that I see going to meetings that like people don't see on TikTok and social media or whatever. So it's like, imagine, bro, this is episode 113. That means that there's 113 people we had on the show that have multiple years clean, that have powerful powerful messages, that have been through adversity. And it's like, when I started the show, I remember I interviewed with like this production company and they were like, how are you gonna find these people? Bro, it's endless. There's literally a, a sea. Yeah, bro. There's a sea of us uh, just out there, bro. I don't have enough episodes. There aren't enough episodes or time in the world to highlight how many people have beat addiction and beat it on a continuous basis. So. And, and what's cool is like like that part where you said like we were talking about jujitsu, where you're like, yo, look at these jujitsu people. You won't even know it that they're yeah, yeah. the same thing with the recovery and on this yeah. podcast, man. You bring some people on and you might look at them and be like, I wonder why who what the they do who are they right yeah. and when you get into the story you're like what the fuck man these people we're are bagging, miracles we're bagging your groceries we're doing your taxes you know what i mean hey so hey thank you guys i appreciate you guys thank you this show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program if you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction please find a local 12-step meeting if you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind please call 833 833- nine 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 one eight seven seven to speak to a specialist the show is sponsored by united recovery project a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility you can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.